Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Lavernia Sermon Podcast. If you have any questions about what you hear, or if you would like to speak with one of our pastors, you can find all of our contact information at www.fbclv.com. Man, it's good to be with you this morning. I think I've greeted quite a few of you already, and, and uh, most of you said I've met you before. Well, I don't know where that was, but uh, uh, for everyone who's met me before, give me a dollar and I'll try to remember where it was. <laughs> I come to you from uh, the uh, Baptist General Convention of Texas. I'm one of their uh, 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 representatives around Texas. There's nine of us, and we've divided the state up into nine areas. And so we work with churches in each one of our areas, and there's about 700 churches in my area, and your church is one of those churches. There's 5,300 churches across Texas that are celebrating Jesus Christ today, and you're one of those churches. And we know that because we're all Baptists together, and we do things together. And one thing we do together is we love Jesus, and we want other people to know about Jesus. Today, we're going to be studying about this dear woman who met our Savior. And as we do that, we need to think about some ways in which we have been involved with that. I grew up in the 1960s. Some of y'all can hold your hand up and say, yeah, I remember those days. It was a lot of fun. It was, you know, the days of the tie-dyed shirts and pants. I saw some pants back there, yeah. It was a time when uh, Arthur Blessed carried a cross across the United States. Did y'all ever see him? Do you remember seeing him in Texas? Did any of y'all meet him here? I met him in Indianola, uh, where he baptized a whole group of kids down there in Indianola, Texas. Right on, he came right down 87. We had a good time being Jesus freaks. I saw the movie Jesus Revolution not too long ago, and It was really interesting, and it was interesting to see how it all worked out in California, but we were over here in Texas, and we didn't know what was going on in California except for receiving the Hollywood free paper. I've never heard of that probably, but it was a a paper that went out across the United States for people to hand out to non-believers about Jesus Christ, and there was probably about 100 issues of these papers, and I was one of those kids that went around as a 19-year-old, passing out these papers anywhere I could and helping people come to know Jesus Christ. One of those songs at that time that came out, and it's about 72 when Neil Young uh, sang the song, and it came out, uh, goes like this. I want to live, I want to give, I want to, I've been a minor for a heart of gold. It's these expressions I never give that keeps me searching for a heart of gold, and I'm getting older. I've been to Hollywood, I've been to Redwood, and crossed the ocean for a heart of gold, and I've been, in my mind, it's such a fine line, that keeps me searching for a heart of gold. I am getting old. He sang that song back in 1972. He wasn't old at that time. Neil Young was probably about four years older than me at the time. Uh, He made a lot of money off of that. I didn't get any money off of it. 
what he was talking about, trying to find that person that had a heart of gold. Till today, I don't know if Neil ever found that person. There's only one person I know of who has that heart of gold, and that's Jesus Christ. You can search and you can search and you can search everywhere you want to go. You can do all kinds of different things to try to find that heart of gold. You could, you could start working with pagan religions. You could, you could get into drugs. You could, you could, you could uh, uh, have all kinds of relationships. You could visit with great people. You could visit with the very poor people. Jesus is the only person that will satisfy He's that one. He's the only one. And so here we are with this, this lady who has come up to the well, Jacob's well, that had been dug years and years before, centuries before, and people were still receiving water out of that well. And she came up there, and Jesus was sitting there. Thank you again, Devin, for reading that. And and he started talking to her. And she started visiting with him. And away went this conversation between each other. And he said to her in a very clear way, I am the living water. Jesus is the living water. The best news you've ever heard of. You say, well, what do you mean the best news? We live in a drought-porn area of the world. Have you ever noticed that? How many floods have you been in in South Texas? Uh, how, how, how much rain have we gotten in the last week? We realize that we are a thirsty place. Every farmer I talk to says we need another rain. But also we're finding out that with the number of people that we have here in the area that we don't have enough water in the ground to pump out. So we're going to get more and more thirsty. We're going to have to figure out how to figure out how to get more water. And that's what Jacob was doing when he drilled the well. When he dug that well, he, he needed water for himself and for his cattle. And that went on all those years. And every day somebody had to send a jug down and pull up the water and drink the water for that day. But then there was a next day. But Jesus came along and said, I am the living water. Jesus is the living water. I'm not like Brother Josh. I can't memorize my sermon. I don't know how he does that, but it's good for him. But I, I, I just have to tell you that um, I'm going to have to use these notes. <clears throat> but Jesus alone is the living water. Jesus went on to say in John, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse again that we know about. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling into eternal life. Brothers and sisters, we have a very interesting situation before us. And that situation is, are we dipping into that well, that living well, on a daily basis? Do we, do we understand what it means to let Jesus fill that void that we are constantly searching for, for that heart of gold that we're looking for ourselves? You see, the only way that we can help other people around this world understand what it means to have living water is for ourselves to be those who are nourished by it. Let's go on to the next verse of Scripture, John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. As this lady was at this well, she began to realize that Jesus was not talking about the water that was in the well, but he was talking about a spiritual water, a water that constantly quenches our thirst, constantly is helping us. And it doesn't just come from Jesus Christ. It comes from within us and flows out. And why does it flow out? So that others can sample the water too. So others can drink of that water. So others can be nourished by Jesus Christ through our lives. Wow. Did you hear what Jesus wants us to be? He wants us to be those everlasting wells that people are looking for. That place where the thirst can be quenched. John 10, 10 says, I have come that they might have life abundantly. Brothers and sisters, this is the best news ever for everyone in this world. You, you probably don't know this yet, but you're probably going to find it out through the newspaper or through some other piece of notices or something, that Texas is now has 30 million people in it. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that just 10 years ago, we had 27 million people. We've grown by 3 million people in that short period of time. But we're going to do something else in the next 25 years. We're going to double in size. Texas is not going to have 30 million people. It's going to have 60 million people. You say, how is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen because we were putting a wall up between Mexico and the United States when we needed to put it up between Mexico and New Mexico and, United, and Texas because all those Californians are coming over here. And, our, and people from Oregon, too, are coming over. And, and so we, we, we should have put it up there, and we didn't. So there's going to be 30 million more Texans here in 25 years. Let me say that again. 30 million more Texans here 
in this short period of time. What is going to happen? It's going to mean that we as believers in Jesus Christ are going to have to activate that living water within each one of us. We have got to start sharing Christ with everybody we meet today. We can't wait. There's no room to wait. You might say, well, well, there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus Christ already. That's true. There are a lot of people who believe in Jesus Christ. The best we can figure somewhere around 12 million Texans believe in Jesus Christ in some form or fashion. And there's a whole group of them that use Jesus Christ as a, as, as a, as a curse word. But that doesn't mean that they're believers. But here we are, brothers and sisters, with a tremendous opportunity. The opportunity is that the mission field is before us. The mission field is not in Mexico only. It's not in Africa only. It's not in South America only. It's also right here in La Brunia, Texas. God has provided the world to come to us so that we have the opportunity to share Jesus Christ. The second thing we notice is Jesus is not phased by our sin. Do you notice how he confronted this, this lady? He said, he, said, he said, you're telling the truth. Those are your sins. Have you been honest with Jesus? Have you expressed your sins to him? Have you shared your sins in such a way that Jesus says, now you're being honest. Now you're telling the truth. You see, our Lord loves us. And he wants us to be taken care of by him. But he's only going to do it when we're honest with him. You see, God demonstrated his love for us. God demonstrated his love for us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's disheartening for us to realize how important this is. But our Lord Jesus Christ not only is within us as believers, providing us with that living water, but he is also wanting us to share all of ourselves with him, including our sin, and to be honest about it. And Peter was with Jesus in all of these different things. He, he probably, of course, wasn't there when he was talking to this lady, but I'm sure this lady had told this story a hundred times while they were there in that Samaritan village, and Peter was there listening to it, listening to all those people talk about what they now believe about Jesus Christ. And John was there also listening, and John wrote all these things down about this woman at the well. Peter picked up on that and thought about it, thought about all of his life and all the different things that he had done. And 
how he had mismanaged many things. And in his second letter called Second Peter, down at the bottom of the last chapter, 3.15, he wrote these words, In your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Lord of your life. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Peter heard from that woman what kind of encounter and what kind of conversation she had with Jesus. And he understood it to be something that he lacked. He didn't have that gentleness. He was the one who pulled the sword and lopped off the ear. He was the one who was, who was ready to do, go into battle for Jesus. He wasn't that gentle. But Jesus was. He was gentle with this lady. And he helped her. And he respected her for who she was. You see, when I accepted Jesus Christ as a 19-year-old, I had gone through all of those things that Neil Young had talked about and hoped for. When I accepted Christ, something happened to me that happened to you also. You became a new creature. Your old self was gone. And a new self was put in its place. A new self that was governed by Jesus Christ himself. Jesus was willing to come into my sinful life and abide with me so I could abide with him, to live with him. He's constantly working on me because there's always something that I, he tells me, oh, wait a minute, there's one more thing. You see, when, when this lady heard all of these things, she did something that was, that was extremely exciting and something that many of us do when we accept Jesus Christ. She turned around and looked at that village up on that hill, and she took off up there to tell the people up there the story that she had just heard and to tell them that she had encountered the Messiah. And she told it in such a way that everybody there believed her, and they believed she believed that this was the Messiah. And they all came down as a group, to invite Jesus and now his disciples to come back up the hill and stay with them. And they stayed for two days, these Jews in Samaritan homes, being with Samaritans for two, two days, sharing with them and Jesus sharing with them all about what it meant to serve the Messiah, Jesus Christ.
You see, she left Jesus to go tell those friends, those family members, that community. She did what we sang about. She ran out of her grave. That grave of darkness, that grave of sin, that grave that would bind her and keep her seeking. And she ran out and ran up there to say, I don't have to seek anymore. I found the Messiah. And you can find him too. And you can find him too. For God loves the world. For God loves the world. That whosoever, that whosoever comes to him. John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. We're all seeking a way. We're all seeking a truth. We're all seeking a, a life that is exciting. So far, the only one I've ever found is Jesus Christ. He's the one who gives me the opportunity to bubble over with other people. Just like with this lady, I'm able to go to my friends, my neighbors, my family members, and share with them about Jesus. Many of them are tired of me sharing with them about Jesus, but I keep on sharing. And some of them accept Jesus Christ. Some of them realize that being a part of what I'm talking about is really and truly true. It means something, and when they invite Jesus Christ into their life, they are renewed, just like I'm renewed. They know the spirit that comes into them is something that they didn't have before, and they have a new life in Christ. The best news ever. The best news ever. It's a true revolution. We talked about that movie, The Jesus Revolution. The true revolution is the revolution that happens in your life. It takes over your life. And all of a sudden, you become that new creature. You have to admit that you're a sinner. And she did that. She told the truth. And she believed in Jesus Christ to the point that she went back up there to tell her friends, I believe in this person. She confessed that Jesus is her Savior and her Lord. In fact, we hear in this passage of Scripture that the Samaritans came back after being with Jesus all this time and said, he is the Savior of the world. They confessed it, these Samaritans did. The whole community. And we also find as believers that we must be devoted to this following of Jesus Christ. We must obey the Scriptures. We must obey His Word. We must obey what He tells us to do. And how do we do that? Well, number one, we are church members. Number two, we 
study the Bible together. Number three, we, we hold each other accountable. Number four, we share Jesus Christ with everyone we come in contact with. Whether we know if they're a believer or not, we want to tell them first. I had the opportunity of visiting with a young lady the other day. She's my waiter at the, at the, at the restaurant. And I said, how can I pray for you? And she looked at me for a few seconds, and then she said, you know, um, I, I, I have a son who's, who's sick right now. Uh, my mom is with him, and, and uh, when I get home tonight, I'm going to stop by the drugstore and get some medicine so that he could feel better. And, well, this was breakfast. And I said, so what time do you think you'll be home? She said, somewhere around 8 o'clock at night. And I, I said, oh, so you have a long shift here. She says, oh, no, I have two jobs. I work here in the morning, and then after that, I go into another job, and then after that, I'll go home to take the medicine to my son who's sick. And so I prayed for her. Pastor and I were with we, we found out what the medicine was, went down to the drugstore, got the medicine, brought it back to her. I said, you don't have to go to the drugstore tonight. We have the medicine for you now. And she was very grateful. Pastor went on and, and was, got to talk with her some more. And, uh, you know, she accepted Jesus Christ. She accepted Jesus Christ. This lady that we didn't know anything about. Her saying, I need help. Opened up the floodgates from Baptist Christians who were around her. And they accepted her. We can do that over and over again with everybody we meet, can we not? Our Lord Jesus Christ loves us. And he wants us to be that living water. He doesn't care about the sin we have. He's interested in us. And he wants us to accept him completely. He wants us to say he is our Savior and he is our Lord, our King, our one and only. Our news is the best news anyone has ever heard. Some of you here have made decisions for Jesus Christ in the past, and you realize that you're, you're, you're beginning to kind of fade out with Jesus, and you need to renew your calling with him. This is a great time to do that. If you would like to come down in front, there, there's a place here for you to kneel and, and, uh, and pray. We'd like you to do that. Some of you here have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You've heard me talk about this. You've heard all this. This is a time for you to accept Jesus. There, there's, there's, no, there's no reason for you not to. I'll be down here, and I'd be glad to share with you more about Jesus, if you'd like to come down and, and talk with me about it. And some of you here need to give a million dollars to the building fund. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't mean one of you. I mean some of you. And it needs to be done soon. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.